Inside a rough and ruthless newsroom, thousands of stories fight for the spotlight. Only a few survive past their 15 minutes of fame. So what makes for a good headline and what makes for a buried byline? Join us, two former TV news producers, as we dig up stories that never got the recognition or justice they deserve. I'm Mallory Wilson. I'm Megan DeLucine. And this is Buried Bylines. Well, the first thing I want to ask you is, have you checked on Harry Styles today? No, what's wrong with him? What well, happened? 1989 Taylor's version dropped and she she did not hold back. Well, what's that mean? <laughs> what he be doing? <laughs> he, hold on. Would you like me to read you some of the lyrics from, yes. the, from the song? So... She has a famous song about him called Out of the Woods, which is, like, a great song. And it's not, like, a hit piece or anything. It's just, like, a song about their relationship. But she just released this song, Is It Over Now? And, well, it's, like, a vault song. So she wrote it a long time ago, but she just released it today. You dream of my mouth before it called you a lying traitor. You search in every maiden's bed for something greater. Was it over uh, girl, chill. <laughs> I love Harry too, but he's not a fucking prince. I love him. <laughs> I knew you were gonna clap back. Uh, also, um, 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 another great line. If she's got blue eyes, I will surmise that you'll probably date her. He got a type. Everybody has a type, girl. Hmm. But I don't know either of their lives, so I really can't judge. This is just... No, but it's yeah. a good song. I, yeah, she's good. I like her... I mean, like, I Will Forever Stand, her high songs when we were in high school. Her old stuff, I know. Yes. I know how you feel. Yes, yes. Anyway! Anyway, welcome to our true crime podcast. <laughs> I had to see if you had, like, seen anything. No. I should have known that you would be not clued in at all. No, 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 no. I've just been in baby world getting ready for this child of mine. You're so close. It's like two weeks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, like, (laughs) freaking out. Well. Give me some Xanax. (laughs) We got to fit as many recordings in as we can. I know. We're going to figure it out. How far we get. And who knows? Maybe I'll be bored out of my mind and my baby will be super quiet and sleepy all the time. And we can just record. (laughs) I know that baby's dad. We'll see. No, I know. (laughs) All right. Well, one more spooky episode. I was going to say we're going to keep the spooky vibes going because this episode is going to be released on the day before Halloween. So... Mm -hmm. I feel like we just had, we had to carry out the rest of the October, like, spooky months, so, and, like, it's our favorite season, and it's coming to a close, so just, like, let us live. So, we're going to talk about some of the most haunted places in Indiana, and a lot of them you can visit. (gasps) Yay! I, some of them I wouldn't recommend visiting. Yeah. But. We'll let you know. Yeah. So I'm going to lay out 10 different locations across the state of Indiana, and I'm going to give some information on, like, the alleged hauntings, 
And then I'm also going to throw in a bonus haunt for our Michigan listeners because I did tease to that yes. last week. Yes, I'm and I did have someone one. message me about it. I actually oh. had two people message me about it and ask like what I was doing for the Michigan. Oh. So number one, number one, we're going to start in downtown Indy. So located just a couple blocks away from Lucas Oil Stadium. The Slippery Noodle Inn is Indiana's oldest continually operated bar in its original building. So the Slippery Noodle Inn was originally founded in 1850 as the Tremont House, and it was a roadhouse and a bar, and it was known as one of the first German-owned clubs Interesting. in Indy. Good stat. <laughs> Over the years, it's gone by a number of different names, including Germania House, Beck Saloon, and Moore's Beer Tavern. In 1963, the bar was purchased by Harold and Lorraine Yegi on December <laughs> Friday the 13th. Ooh, spooky. I know. And it's been the Slippery Noodle Inn ever since. Mm-hmm. We went to it on the ghost tour that I did for my birthday. That's where we started and ended. It was cool. And, like, the owner of the bar came out and, like, told us some stories, too. Okay, well, like, you'll have to tell me if, like, the things that I touch yeah, yeah, on yeah. are, like, if that's, if they talked about it. So, along with its multitude of name changes, the inn has been used in all types of activities. During the Civil War years, it was a way station for the Underground Railroad. In later years, it served as a brothel. That remained open until 1953, when a patron was killed. According to the Slippery Noodles website, two customers of the brothel got into an argument over one of the women. One man killed the other, leaving the bloody knife right on the bar top. During the Prohibition era, the Brady and Dillinger gangs used the building. There's clearly a ton of history here. It has even been listed in the National Register of Historic Places. The tales of eerie happenings and hauntings have been going on for decades. Paranormal encounters have been so frequent and consistent. Employees claim they can actually tell which ghosts are who. It's not just employees experiencing the paranormal activity, though. A number of patrons have also reported ghostly encounters. For example, staff claim there's a ghost named George who stays in the basement. He wears overalls and often scares unsuspecting keg delivery drivers. Yep, they told us about George because the basement, like part of the basement, is still like dirt, like dirt floor. Oh, wow. So it's, like, spooky. And, like, the owner came out and was like, yeah, George kind of follows me sometimes. And there's, like, literal bullet holes in the restaurant, like, walls and windows and stuff. Casual. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Other ghosts are said to be roaming the hallways, including those of phantom sex workers who were killed on the job, alleged slaves who sought refuge while escaping north to freedom, and, of course... A cowboy who was stabbed to death during a fight over a woman. You're more than welcome to pull up a seat at, to the bar and ask a bartender about all the tales of the building. The Slippery Noodle is open seven days a week. They have great bar food and often have live music if you want to check it out. Honestly, they're super popular spot for Colts game days because they're so yep. close to Lucas Oil. Uh, it's but... big. It's like massive. 
Yeah. Like, there's so many entrances and exits and, like, rooms. And, yeah, when there's live music, it's super cool. But, yeah. One of my favorite things about the Slippery Noodle is that it's got the old-timey, like, sign that hangs. Yeah, like that it's, swing. Yeah, that swings. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, like, one of my favorite things about the building itself. But I would be cool. remiss if I did not include that in my list of ten. Oh, yeah. Haunted yes, places. I was like, in when when is she gonna mention the slippery noodle? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so our second location lies within the Morgan Monroe State Forest in Martinsville. In the forest. I know. Within the forest, there's a path to a small, very creepy graveyard called Step Cemetery. Ooh. While the forest itself holds a lot of natural beauty. After taking the hike, many claim that they can feel a, quote, unnerving or eerie presence nearby. Step Step Cemetery was established in the early 1800s and only has about 25 graves, but there are plenty of local legends about the area, including the fact that it was founded by cult members. Now... (laughs) Perhaps okay. a more eerie story of paranormal events revolve around Baby Lester. The fading numbers on his graves only say 1987. There are no specific dates of birth or death. Multiple publications claim the ghost of Lester's mother walks the property. Some say the woman committed suicide after losing her baby. According to witnesses, her apparition appears dressed in black and crying over her baby's grave. Others claim the woman comes at night and digs up the bones of her baby, cradling <gasps> no, them. No, she doesn't. Before reburying them. Just no. telling you what they say. I feel like every town has the, like, mother looking for her baby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But still, it is freaky that, like, there's just one date and, like, nothing out. Like, it is, like, weird. I think it's freaky that it's so small. There are only 25... 25- and graves and that it's in the middle of a fucking forest can you imagine you're just like going on a walk with your dogs and then there's like a grave (laughs) you're like oh no well they start barking because they see a demon (laughs) no (laughs) there's another spooky spot that lies within these woods though draper cabin is located right off the walking trail there are plenty of signs to help you get there and you can actually stay there overnight if you're willing, but most campers never make it through the night due to paranormal presences, loud footsteps, weird noises, and general uneasiness. No. (laughs) Just no. (laughs) Number three is the Story Inn. The Story Inn. Is this, oh, this is, is this near Nashville? Yes. Yes. I've heard my brother actually stayed the night there. He said nothing really happened, but interesting yeah Yeah. this is one that's like I feel like I can you can classify some into like it's like a historical haunt like some things are just so old that they're gonna be haunted you know it's very old and it's like the only thing in story Indiana it's like that and a gas station (laughs) yes so here's the deets on the story and I thought it was one of the more interesting ones on the list probably because I'm pretty sure I read a Goosebumps book exactly <laughs> like this as a child. Probably. The Story Inn is located on the edge of Brown County State Park, a very popular tourist destination in south-central Indiana. The Country Inn's tagline is, 
one inconvenient location since 1851. And that's because that. people have to travel 20 miles into the woods down State Road 135 from Nashville to get to this place. Yes, I have been there. I've not been in the inn. Yeah, so that it's only one building and it's the only building that's still standing from the small mining town once called Story. Mm-hmm. The village was founded in 1851 by Dr. George Story. He was a medical doctor from Southern Ohio who constructed many buildings in the small town that soon became the largest settlement in the area. From 1880 until 1929, the village supported two general stores, a church, a schoolhouse, a grain mill, a sawmill, a blacksmith, a slaughterhouse, and a post office. So it was like a decent little town. Sadly, Story never recovered from the Great Depression. Families abandoned their farms in search of work elsewhere. Brown County as a whole lost nearly half of its population. The state of Indiana started purchasing the wooded hills that are now the Brown County State Park. And in the 1970s, the inn was restored. It now operates as a bed and breakfast. While Brown County is undeniably gorgeous, most of the inn's visitors are clued into the fact that it is haunted. For years, the owners kept logs in each room so that guests could document their ghostly encounters. The most well-known ghost at the inn is the Blue Lady. The Blue Lady is thought to be the ghost of Dr. George Story's wife, Catherine. She's said to appear if you turn on a blue light in one of the rooms above the restaurant. Guests have recorded hundreds of encounters with her. They say her eyes are hypnotic blue and that she leaves behind the scent of cherry tobacco. Some say she also leaves items behind in the room. Of course, they are blue in color. Ooh. You can stay in her room for about $200 a night. Yeah, I think, so I think my brother went and they couldn't get that room. Mm. So that's probably, I mean, they still went and they said it was like still a little bit spooky. Like the vibes were kind of weird, but they didn't like see anything or anything like that. Yeah. The next one is one of, is one of like, I think if I ever were to do like a paranormal experience, this is where I would go. Okay. So our listeners have likely heard of Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky. It's known as one of the most haunted locations in the whole country. But you may not know that Indiana has its own haunted and abandoned sanatorium tucked away in Park County. Okay. Is this the one you talked about? I had to have talked to you about it. The at some tuberculosis point. one. Yes. Okay. We. Oh, we were talking about when I allegedly went into the insane asylum. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the okay. sanatorium was constructed in the early 1900s as a place to house Hoosiers battling tuberculosis. It served as a hospital from 1908 to 1968. The 87,000 square feet site reopened in 1976 as the Lee Allen Bryant Healthcare Center, which served as a nursing home and private mental hospital until 2011. Oh my God. What? That is so recent. I know. According to the official sanatorium website, the hospital closed suddenly, leaving behind hundreds of beds and hospital equipment 
Much of the sanatorium looks as it did when it was abandoned. There are even partially packed suitcases filled with clothes, rooms filled with pictures and family heirlooms. Oh my Dishes God. were left in the kitchen and gurneys in the hospital wing. The facility is made up of nearly a dozen buildings, many connected by underground tunnels. Tuberculosis treatment facilities are often known as being some of the most haunted healthcare buildings due to the sheer amount of people who died from the infection. There is a ton of documentation regarding paranormal activity, including disembodied voices, apparitions, and poltergeist activity. Oh my God. I know. Both male and female voices have been heard on the grounds. The apparition of a woman has been reported by former patients in an old area of the sanatorium near the laundry and office areas. Just for those who may not know, a poltergeist is defined as a noisy, usually mischievous ghost held to be responsible for unexplained noises and movement. That bitch is noisy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Greg Larson is the current owner of the sanatorium. I believe they are working on renovations at the site. But for now, they offer a multitude of tours. You can do a private investigation. You can spend the night. You can do a flashlight tour or a daytime tour if you're spooked by being there at night. The (laughs) activities range anywhere from $25 to $1,000. Oh my god. Okay, well, let's do the $25 one as, like, a bonus episode. That would be cool. Oh my god. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna be so nervous. I know, I'm also gonna throw up. We're gonna throw up together. That'll be cute. Do you know what I was just talking to people at my work about? Do you remember that show on, like, it was on, like, ABC Family or Freeform or whatever, where it was, like, the scariest places alive, and they would lock... They would literally lock families in, like, haunted locations, and they'd have to find each other. They'd be in different rooms, and they'd have to, like, find each other. And it was so freaking scary. The voice that was, like, the voice was so creepy. The narrator. Like, the voiceover? Oh, the narrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to play you this. Scary Places on earth, and no Magnolia Lane Plantation. No, you hear how creepy that yeah, is? Absolutely not. Magnolia Place Plantation. No. I don't I want remember that, that scrubbed from the internet. I, I know. <laughs> Our next stop is in southern Indiana. It's one of the most famous paranormal locations in the Hoosier State. The Whispers Estate is located in Mitchell, Indiana. The home was built in 1894 by Dr. John and Jesse Gibbons, who reportedly adopted, abandoned, and orphaned children. The legend goes that in 1912, one of the children, a young girl named Rachel, was burned after an accidental fire in the front parlor. She eventually died in the days after the fire. I will say I tried to do some fact-finding on this, and I couldn't find any newspaper reports in Indiana about a young girl dying in Mitchell due to a fire. But I did see multiple newspaper ads for John Gibbons, With him being a prominent figure in the community, I could see something like this, like, 
going under the radar. So Rachel is not the only person who allegedly died in the home or even the only person from the family that died in the home. Oh gosh. A 10-month-old infant named Elizabeth later died in the master bedroom and a grief-stricken Mrs. Gibbons later died in the same room from double pneumonia. I was able to confirm that Mrs. Jessie Gibbons died in her home in 1934. Wow. Additionally, it was also said that Dr. Gibbons used the home as his office, and during his 26 years of practice, it is said that dozens of deaths and amputations were done inside of the home. So you can imagine there's a strong basis for paranormal activity there. Uh huh. It's been featured in books and on TV shows. The Travel Channel even named it the fourth most terrifying place in America. What? I've never heard of it. Here are some of the like hauntings <sighs> that happen. So legs walking around by themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this isn't Toy Story. All I can it's think of is that, that toy with the <laughs> yeah. The, like, fishing rod and the legs. Yes, just Um, the legs. (laughs) So, the house is most known for the Whispering Walls, hence the name. Yeah, hence the name Whispers Estate. So, other alleged occurrences include jiggling doorknobs, apparitions, voice phenomena, unexplained smells, and shaking furniture. There are supposedly four graves in the backyard, not including the alleged pit grave, said to contain amputated limbs, internal organs, and aborted fetuses. I told you the legs are walking around. Many people say they've seen and heard the ghost of Rachel running through the home and giggling. Ah! No. No. Guests who sleep in the master bedroom where Mrs. Gibbons died have reported waking up in the middle of the night with an uncontrollable bout of coughing. Because remember, she died of pneumonia. Fuck that. According to the estate, the baby who died in the home, they say that you can still smell the scent of baby powder in the room and sometimes hear her cries. No, the estate just be putting baby powder in the vents. <laughs> hey, baby powder is not the worst thing to... That's true. It's not like rotting meat. So I guess I'd rather smell baby powder. If you aren't freaked out by those stories, you can book a night stay in the home. You can have up to 10 guests attend the stay, which ranges from 200 to $300. Careful, though, because once you book, they do not offer refunds and there are no exceptions. I can tell you where we're not going. Okay. Where are we not going? Um, Number six or number seven. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> I'm ready so, to not go. <laughs> number six is the definition of a local legend, one that draws crowds and thrill seekers. For me, I will not be going anywhere near this location because I do not want to invite bad juju into my life. Mm-hmm. Fair. Thank you very much. So there's a legend that there are seven, quote, gates to hell. I've heard of this one. Oh, my God. No, we're not going. We are not going. All of them have supposedly been destroyed except for one near Brazil, Indiana, which still stands. The tunnel was built in 1906, and according to the lore shared by WRTV, a train derailed on top of the gate 
and all the passengers were killed and sent to hell. Okay. <laughs> okay, Art. First of all, <laughs> no. <laughs> Many believe that when you find the tunnel, all you have to do is flash your car lights three times into the tunnel before apparitions appear. Some report seeing a quote, gatekeeper standing on top of the tunnel. Others have seen blood on the walls or report restless spirits screaming and pounding on their cars. One of the most haunted tales is that if you see your name begin to glow on the walls, rumor says you'll be dead by morning. Oh my God, no. No. Once again, I will say I couldn't find any reports confirming the story of the train derailment, but uh-huh. from what I could see in online videos, there are train tracks above the tunnel. Okay. Okay. This is Ooh. obviously a public location, so anyone can go visit at any time of their own volition. But here's what I can tell you based on like videos, pictures, and things that I've read online. This place looks creepy as fuck. It's yeah. not some place I would want to go in the middle of the night. The tunnel is covered in graffiti. It was built in the early 1900s, so it's pretty narrow. People say there's absolutely no cell reception out there, and it is often referred to as a wasteland. Awesome. So I'm good. Yeah, no, nope. I will but... not be inviting the gates of hell or demons anywhere near me. Nope. No, thank you. I was going to say, if I were a graffiti artist, I would go in there and just start writing, like, common names on the wall. That's what <laughs> That's what it is, is there's a bunch of names all over the okay, wall. Okay, so people just keep doing, so then you, like, catch your name and you're like, <gasps> Yeek! no, yeah, I'm not risking the hell. Thank you. So we're going to move on. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, we're not going far location-wise. Okay. Because... Number seven is also near Brazil, Indiana. Brazil, what's happening? I know. <laughs> the whole city needs an exorcism. <laughs> yeah. We need to just cleanse it. Right. The Pope. <laughs> Play clean Taylor's version. Please and thank you. The 100 Step Cemetery or the uh-huh. Carpenter Cemetery is considered the most haunted cemetery in Indiana. I've heard of this one. The graveyard has headstones dating back to the Civil War. It's located in Cloverland, and its popularity is based on a frightening urban legend. It's one of those legends that has a lot of rules to it, so it's like <laughs> yep. it has to be just right. Yes. But it's like a that lot elevator of... game. Yes. That... Oh, yeah. my God. That's what I was going to say. It reminds me so much of the elevator game. Where was that? The Cecil Hotel? Is that yes. What it is? Elisa yeah. Lamb case. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. So this has been considered a challenge to some, not to me, because I have no desire to... Yeah, I'll happily not do that. <laughs> ...play this fucked up little game. So nope. if you can count a hundred steps while walking to the top of the staircase at the cemetery, at exactly midnight... It said the former caretaker will appear and share a vision of your time and manner of death. I don't need to know that. I'm good. I'm really, I'll just live my life. Thank you. I'll be, I'll be surprised. It's fine. You must pay attention to your steps if you want to try this, because if you get up there and decide you don't want to hear your fate, you need a hundred steps down 
to, quote, get out alive. Not one less, not one more. A variation of the legend is that if you try to trick the caretaker, you'll be thrown to the ground and bear the mark of the devil. Oh my god. Just slightly aggressive. Yeah, no thank you. According to the Brazil Times, this legend began in the late 1800s when grave robbers were active in the area and corpses would go missing. The reporter who did the write-up actually went to the steps, which have been replaced since they were originally put in due to damage. And she counted 100 to reach the top. But... No, girl! (laughs) She did it in the middle of the day. Okay, she's good, she's good. Because she's not stupid. (laughs) If I were her, I'd, like, destroy one of the steps so everyone is off. I know, but you can't, so here's the thing is, like, she did it during the day because, well, she had to, because you're not, I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm never, I'm just not gonna chance it, and also, because the cemetery hours are from dawn till dusk, so, okay, if you decide you wanna fucking do some stupid shit and try this, it's illegal, it is illegal, and if you get caught, you will get arrested. (laughs) Not by the caretaker, by the police. Exactly. The reporter also tagged her article with some good advice that I'd like to echo. If you enjoy spooky legends and want to explore locations like a cemetery, please remember to be respectful and courteous at the cemetery because these are people's final resting places and people come to visit their family members here. So yes, yes. Be respectful. Dick. Number eight is a historic landmark in the city of Indianapolis, but I've never heard of it, so I'm interested to see if you know about it. Okay. The Allison Mansion is located on Marion University's campus on the near northwest side of Indianapolis. The home is on the National Register of Historic Places. It was built between 1911 and 1914. It is also referred to as Riverdale. Yes. I've heard of it, but vaguely. Okay. Because I went to high school right around there. Oh, yeah. So we went to Marion a lot. Like the television show Riverdale, it has a very complex location with lots of history and strange (laughs) storylines. The location is said to be haunted by more than one spirit, The most referenced ghost is that of a little girl who was visiting the mansion and drowned in the basement pool. Basement pool? (laughs) I know, but I mean, people who have money do weird shit like that. That's true, that's true. Some say James Allison, the original owner, also haunts the mansion. James Allison, by the way, is one of the four founders of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Thank you to this man for his hand in the greatest spectacle in racing. Yes. So back to the hauntings. Um, I was like, thank you for the snake pit, sir. (laughs) Apparitions of the little girl have been seen. Witnesses also report hearing voices in the attic, objects like books and keys that are mysteriously moved by themselves. Some objects flat out disappear and furniture is rearranged. There's not a ton of documented paranormal activity by that of like ghost hunters or anything. And that's because the mansion is owned by the university and currently serves as the alumni house. Okay. 
so it's been recently renovated and is it's really nice i was looking at like new pictures of it the 8000 square foot space is currently being rented out for large events like weddings anniversary parties work events and retreats number nine is touted as a popular tourist destination in southern indiana French Lake Springs Hotel is a historic resort that is also said to be haunted by its former owner, Thomas Tager. Tager? I didn't know that. Yeah, the hotel was built in 1854. It's said that Tager was so devoted to the place that not even death could stop him from watching over its operation. Damn. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Some say Taggart lingers around the service elevator giving off phantom mists of tobacco. He's also <laughs> said to expertly operate the elevator when the hotel gets busy. This guy's afterlife is apparently just as active and extravagant as his real life. <laughs> because staff have reported hearing sounds of grand parties from the ballroom when it is completely empty. This man... <laughs> Another popular report is that people have seen his ghost appear to be riding a horse. Inside or just around? In the ballroom. And guests have hell? also reported the sound of horse trotting down the halls. Okay. Yeah. Phantom <laughs> horse. <laughs> Some other hauntings include a red stain that is said to appear in a guest bathtub where a bride allegedly took her own life. The cleaning staff at the hotel claimed the entire sixth floor is haunted. Fuck the sixth floor. <laughs> yeah, fuck the sixth floor. Um, by shadows, breezes, footsteps, disembodied oh. laughter. And this is what would freak me out. Ghosts who call the front desk from unoccupied rooms. <gasps> yeah, that's I scary. Know. I don't like that. And then I don't like like fast whispering the laughing too the just like uh -huh. ran hearing someone randomly laugh would creep me out mm -mm. in 2020 a dark supernatural thriller about the hotel was filmed in french lick it's called so cold the river the film is based on the book by best-selling author michael corta oh wow i need to watch that then i really want to watch it so the author is a hoosier native and French Lick was the initial setting in the novels. Anyway, the hotel is open to the public. It's very popular. So if you're interested, you can book a stay. This is probably like another one of the locations that I would actually go to. Yeah. I, like I would go, I've been meaning to go to French Lick because I've heard it's such like a nice little weekend getaway spot. Yeah, my mom went recently, and that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it was haunted. Like, I knew it was a super popular place to go. And, like, there's a casino and, like, a golf course, and it's pretty cool. Our final Hoosier haunt comes from up north in Elkhart County. I saved this one for last because I thought it might be your favorite, Meg. Okay, okay, okay. I'm excited. The Bristol Opera House is the current home of Elkhart's... Elkhart? Civic Theater. The building was constructed in 1897 by Cyrus and Horace Mosier, brothers from Elkhart, Indiana. Over time, it's continued to serve as the heart of entertainment in Bristol. It's been a music hall, a cinema, and even a skating rink. In the 1960s, the facilities were declining and slated for demolition, but that's when the Elkhart Civic Theater swooped in and saved the building yeah. to bring it back to its former glory. Yay, community theater. <laughs> <laughs> 
But with a building that old, there's sure to be some souls sticking around. Numerous ghosts are said to live in the building and put on their own shows, sending books and papers flying off shelves, levitating small objects, moving lighting, and running sewing machines in the costume department. I thought you meant they were, like, putting on Hello, Dolly, like, productions, like... No, girl, they're doing spooky (laughs) shit. I was like... They're ghosts. No, they're ghosts. (laughs) Okay. Shadows and apparitions of a floating dark-haired woman have been seen by both staff members and theater guests. Staff also claim that they have been grabbed or touched by a ghost when no one is around. The most popular ghost is known as Percy, a.k.a. Percival Hilbert. What a name. (laughs) I love the name Percy. He's said to be the ghost of a handyman who once lived in the basement with his wife and two daughters after they were evicted during the Great Depression. His spirit is said to manifest as moving shafts of light. Percy is known in the theater as a trickster. Anything that goes wrong during a production from electrical issues to missing tools and props is blamed on Percy. I love that. The most activity comes during musicals. Apparently, he isn't a big fan of singing and dancing. Oh, well, then I don't like him very much. Some actors blame Percy for unknown brushes of air or tugs to their body as they try to make their entrance on stage. Oh my god. I know. You can see a show at the theater. They have multiple performances throughout the year. If you live in the area and are interested in community theater, maybe you can experience some hauntings yourself. Yes! Oh, that was my favorite one. I love a theater I know it would be. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about my childhood trauma now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) As promised from last week's episode, I have a bonus location in Michigan. So let's talk about the local lore that scared the living shit out of me as a child. (laughs) I'm very curious. There's a short dead-end road in Ingham Township just south of Dansville, Michigan called Seven Gables Road. It is known as one of the most haunted areas in the entire state. I feel like a lot of people in, like, the whole and Lansing area are going to know about this. The road is less than a mile long, and at the end of Seven Gables Road is a metal gate. Ooh. I'm going to tell you, like, the tidbits and pieces that I remember from my childhood first, and then we'll dive into, like, the actual documented, like, legend. So. I remember it was something to do with, like, a witch (laughs) and this gate. And, like, so the story goes that on the land, far beyond the gate is a home. That house is supposedly owned by a woman who practiced witchcraft and cursed the land. Okay. So that's, like, the basis of it. From what I remember... A lot of teens would drive down Seven Gables Road. Some of them would hop the fence and begin walking on the land. And what scared me was that, like, people would jump the fence. And then after they would, like, cross over the fence, they would experience, like, car issues leaving Seven Gables. And some of them even, like, got in car accidents. (gasps) Oh, my God. So, it scared me, okay? Well, just wait, because it's actually way more fucking scary than that. Oh, my God. 
So here's the official legend according to WZZM. So all of the stuff like about the witch living on the land and cursing, that's all like part of the actual lore. Yes. Um, but if you climb over the gate with a group of friends, start walking on the land and hear a woman scream, the last person back over the other side of the gate will be the first to die within three days. Oh my god, why would you try that? That's fucking scary. That's so scary. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, you can see how this would be like a really stupid fucking thing that teenagers would want to do, right? Yes. I mean, not me, but... (laughs) No, I remember hearing about it in like middle school and junior high and just being like, nah. I'm not doing that. Nah. WZZM's story was centered around a woman named Jen Carpenter who wrote a book called Haunted Lansing. The Legend of Seven Gables is included in that book. Carpenter said she visited the site many times and never left without experiencing something odd. One night, she was walking beyond the gate and took a video on her phone. She noticed in person that there was a mist-like figure moving quickly near her, almost like running. Nope. Mm-mm. She saw it with her eyes, but it appears she also <laughs> caught it on video because okay. I watched the video and I am convinced. Nope. No, I would. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'm sure that has nothing to do with, like, the lifelong lore that I believe. No, but when scary. you watch it, it is like you can see some movement. Ugh. No. Yeah. The lore I remembered about the witch, like I said, is true quote-unquote carpenter (laughs) says the woman who lived in the house was allegedly trapped inside by martyrs which apparently is like chaotic nomads that just go around looking for properties to destroy oh like they move from place to place and they just like destroy things okay anyways they burned the house down and the witch was inside you mean the woman same thing (laughs) in this day and age yeah basically (laughs) and this witch was inside (laughs) and before she died she cursed the land making it uninhabitable carpenter says in the years after the curse a family bought a new house on the land shortly after the father started going crazy Mm-mm. One night, he allegedly killed his entire family by hanging. He then set the house on fire and hung himself from a tree outside. Christ. Again, Don't fuck with the witches. I Leave them alone. I couldn't find news clippings to back this up. Gotcha. I couldn't even find a year in like which this happened yeah. to help me look this up. That's yeah. why it's very much based in like local lore. Yes, but yes. Here are some facts that I can tell you. In 1970, a 16-year-old girl named Lori Murningham was kidnapped and murdered in Lansing. Her body was discovered near Seven Gables Road. Her father was the mayor of Lansing at the time. Damn. As far as I know, her killer has never been found. (gasps) Whoa. In 2005, the body of seven-year-old Ricky Holland was discovered in the state game area near Seven Gables Road. He was a resident of Dansville. According to Carpenter, Ricky's adoptive parents murdered him and dumped his body in almost the exact same location Lori Murningham was found 35 years earlier. I don't like that. I don't like it. 
So there are bad fucking vibes here, okay? Yes. Regardless of whatever, bad vibes. Do not. The gate and the 694 acres of land that sit at the end of Seven Gables Road are currently owned by the Department of Natural Resources. I suggest staying the fuck away. Let nature have it. And that's all I have. (laughs) Oh my god, that's scary. I can't, I mean, I can imagine why you were traumatized. Literally. I would have to tell my friends. I'm like, don't fucking go to Seven Gables Road. You're going to die. <laughs> One of you die. bitches is going to die. <laughs> it ain't going to be me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going. Wow. But <gasps> those were all so good. Good job. Happy Halloween, bitches. Happy Halloween. And since we are one day away from Halloween, I have a Halloween fun fact for you. Okay. Okay. Disney almost made Hocus Pocus a completely different movie. The original title, Disney's Halloween House, had a much darker and scarier script, according to IMDb. Not only that, but Leonardo DiCaprio was courted to play Max Dennison, but he turned it down to appear in What's Eating Gilbert Grape instead. Wow. Honestly, the premise of that movie is already kind of dark. I don't know how much darker it could... It's kind of adult. (laughs) It's not a kid's movie. Not really. Yeah, you <laughs> light the black candle by a virgin boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Max was almost Leo DiCaprio. Wait, what's the... One of the characters' names is like Fib... Fibs. Oh, um, he's the cat, Binks. Thackeray. Thackeray! I had a crush on him, but he... The cat? Is- no, the the boy that gets turned into the cat, ma'am. Um, but that actor plays Gibbs in NCIS. Really? Yes, it's the oh, same wow. guy. Yeah, everybody had a crush on Thackeray Banks. I was like, I love him. And I am a sucker for the old tiny colonial white flowy shirt on a man. The pirate shirt? That was a pirate Orlando shirt. Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. I can't. Mm-hmm. As former journalists, we want to give credit where credit is due for this episode. I got my information from Fox 59, WRTV, WHAS, WZZM, 103GBF, The Indie Star, The Herald Bulletin, The Courier Press, Only in Your State, The Story in The Slippery Noodle, The Indiana State Sanatorium, The Whispers Estate, the Brazil Times, Marion University, Up North Live, and Mysterious Michigan. You can find a complete list of our sources in the show notes. Please make sure you check them out. Bye! Bye. Please be safe and don't do anything stupid like break into an abandoned hospital and leave your friends or siblings behind to get arrested or disturbed by demons and ghosts. Goodbye. (laughs) but correct. (laughs) You don't do that.